I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Daniel Feruzan on the line, and he's the founder and managing partner over at Feruzan Law. Daniel, welcome to the show. Good morning, and thank you for having me. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Fruzon Law and how you're helping your clients. But before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how did you get started in business and as an entrepreneur? You know, I think it was in my blood from a young age. I can remember in high school I was trying to sell sunglasses that I would buy over the Internet at a discounted price versus going to retail stores, a car wash business. I've had various companies throughout the years, and I've always just wanted to deliver a very good product and ultimately through college and you know into law school it culminated into opening my own law firm and starting a bar association for attorneys man that's awesome so you were you were a um an entrepreneur from day one it sounds like and obviously now you're a little bit further along in your career you've been in business many years um, and have had a lot of experiences and now you have of course the benefit of hindsight that's working in your favor um, there's some younger entrepreneurs that are out there listening to this right now that maybe they're on their first venture, maybe they're on their second venture, first one didn't go so well. Um, what kind of advice would you give to that new entrepreneur that's getting out there and kind of starting their, their first venture? Well, it would be the same advice that was given to me. I had the privilege of going to USC Marshall School of Business, and we studied entrepreneurs. We studied successful CEOs there who had made them successful. And what immediately struck me was, People who have been successful aren't always successful. My car wash business, it failed. Very many ventures that a lot of other successful CEOs have done in the past, they failed. The failure is not necessarily the end point. It might even be the start point. The question is whether you've gained something, whether you've learned something, and then if you can apply that new knowledge to you know, the future and going forward. So the advice to be the advice that I would give is don't be hard on yourself, don't be down on yourself that you tried something and failed. Use that failure, harness that failure. Most people don't even fail to begin with. So if you failed, you're already ahead of the curve. Oh man, love that advice. Great stuff. Um let's switch it up, Daniel. I want to get into what you're doing over at Fruzan Law. So first uh tell me a little bit more about the business, please. I have a unique boutique litigation strategy to my law firm. A lot of personal injury and employment law firms out there, their practice is predicated on volume. They have a lot of clients, and as a result, they end up making money from all those clients. Mine is very different. I have very few clients. I think I have 25, 35 clients in my office. Uh, we take very high-value, significant cases here and litigate them to the ends of the earth, which is a little different, like I said, from the usual practice model. But I prefer this model because it allows me to get into the nitty-gritty of my clients' cases, and it allows you to maximize the value of those cases, which is great because then they start sending you more cases, which are also high-value cases, and then the cycle just rinses and repeats and it feeds itself. 
And so I don't want to assume that the audience uh, understands that difference between a high volume versus a um, versus what you're doing, which is very different than the than the model. And that's why I want to go a little bit further into it, just so that when the people that are listening know, especially you know, with those referral relationships um, that exist out there. Um, so what what kind of what could you could you just maybe first start with the difference between high volume versus what you're doing because it is unique. Well, high-volume law firms typically spend a lot of money on advertising, and they have a lot of pre-litigation going on. In other words, they're sending a lot of demand letters and seeing what sticks. And I'm not taking anything away from that business model. It has been shown to be successful. Me, personally, it's it's different. I don't advertise. I don't have two, 300 cases in my office. Like I said, I have 25 to 35. And the difference between me and those other firms is when you only have 25 to 35 cases in your portfolio, you can dedicate a lot more time to each one. The catch is, can you get cases that are high value enough such that 25 to 35 suffices for your law firm, whereas a high value law firm needs, you know, 200 cases to stay afloat? And that's that's the tricky part, thankfully. Like I said, so long as you're doing good work for your clients, they continue to send you high, high value clients, and it's worked out very well for me. What kind of clients do you typically work with? Um, so I, uh, so if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I, I get what Daniel's saying, um, but is my case or is, is what, I, what I've been through um, the right kind of fit? Is there um, any type of particular niche? Well, the first thing that I look for is, is it real? Is it significant? Does it pull at my heartstrings? You know, some people come at you with, I have this injury or that injury, and you ask them a couple of questions and starts to feel a little iffy or someone comes and says, hey, you know, my boss mistreated me. I, I think I have a hostile work environment. Every employee who's terminated thinks their termination is wrongful, right? But you have to ask the questions, and sometimes hard questions to determine whether or not the termination was actually wrongful, whether or not the personal injury was actually as a result of the automotive accident. So what I'm always looking for, it doesn't matter what area of the law it is, is it real? Is it significant? Does it pull at your heartstrings? Is there a story there where someone got, excuse my language, screwed over, particularly by a bigger or more powerful entity, a David and Goliath sort of a setup? If you show me that, my office can do something about it, or I'll get you in touch with someone who can. Mm, That's great, great. Um, so are there any kind of, uh, and just from your vantage point, are there any kind of trends that you care to talk about just in your, in your neck of the woods? Well, let's see. I think the overall big picture in the world of personal injury, and this is just something that interests me, is automobiles are becoming much safer, and automobiles in the short term will begin to drive themselves. I'm pretty sure Elon Musk is working on that day and night oh, yeah. feverishly. feverishly. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's something that's going to affect the personal injury world. A lot of volume-based law firms are wholly reliant on auto accidents. I'm happy to say I am not. Um, and then there's another trend in the arena of employment, which is the Me Too movement has no doubt had an effect on sexual harassment claims mm-hmm. and lawsuits being filed. So we're seeing a lot more of that happen as a result of the Me Too. Please don't get me wrong, though. For every one Me Too situation that occurs, there's another two or three situations occurring behind the scenes that you'll never hear about. And unfortunately, justice isn't always upheld in those circumstances either. Mm. So, Daniel, if somebody's listening to this and they want to uh, follow up with you, what's the best way for them to uh, to reach out to your firm? Yeah, give my office a call, 888-551-0163. 
Or just check us out on the internet, fznlaw.com. Fantastic. Well, hey, Daniel, really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing more about your background and all the great work you're doing over at Faruzan Law. Uh, and to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, um, share this with your friends, do all those great things uh, that we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Daniel, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you.